right. <laughs> you got plenty of time. It's like two minutes left. Two minutes left? How much time left? What do you think of uh, Craig Council? Minute 30. Minute 30. Is he going to be the next Mets manager? Is that what you're asking? Look, what do you think? Connecticut Tone. Um, sure, he's a good manager. He's a good hand. Players like him. He's sharp. Um, Isn't he the only guy to score the game-winning run in two for two different teams in World I, Series? Yeah, 97-2001. That's, That's one of my favorite. Series ending. That's one of my series favorite baseball stats. Yep. Um, but yeah, I think Stern, I think one of the first things Stern's got to do is extend Alonzo. Yeah, you can't let him walk. <laughs> they will. <laughs> they have like to. the whole the whole thing is like Stearns is a New York guy. He's a Met guy. He grew up loving the Mets. Wait, you got John Stearns? No, David Stearns. David Stearns. Um, oh, Cohen. No, Stearns. The the new president of oh, operations. Right. I'm sorry, I was, I was thinking of. I was like, yes, they've got rid of Epler and they got rid of Epler and well, got rid of Buck. It's going to be Cohen's call, I think, yeah. as far as how the money's spent. They have to they have to retain him, and I would imagine Stearns would. If he's a baseball guy with any kind of acumen, would, would yeah, get that across like that? We need to keep this guy. Yeah, forty-five hundred a year. He's he's good fielding, first baseman. Yeah, not great, serviceable. He's good enough. Yeah, he's fine. You don't good need, enough. Yeah, you don't need. And he's and he. I don't think he's, he's below good average. war. Yeah, great war. Yeah, high on base. That's all you want. You want first baseman home runs. Home runs. That's. Welcome to the Bill Bradley Collective, where this is one of our, what is this, a dollop-inspired bonus features? Is that what we're We haven't been sued them? yet. No, it's true. It's true. We have not. <laughs> Who owns a dollop? Who, is that like an uh, NPR? Dave Anthony. Dave yeah. Anthony and Garth. They're part of a podcast. Uh, they're part of, part yeah, of like the parent? And, I'm curious. It's, uh, it's probably Spotify now. They pretty much own all podcasts. Yeah. What's the other guy? Gareth Reynolds. Gareth Reynolds. Yeah. He's actually the funnier guy. That show's good ones. Uh, Brandon hit that show perfectly. When it's good, it's amazing. It's good one out of every seven episodes. And then there's six of them. It's like, uh. Yeah, they did it's a tough through to get to the good one. They, yeah. did, they did a three-parter on Elon Musk. That was very good. All right. I'll have to, I'll have to listen to that. So, 2022, I'm, I'm going to pick that year, was a real kind of like tipping point in the world of professional golf. It was year one of the Live Golf League. Uh, we saw all of these departures of prominent PGA Tour players, one of whom is one of the protagonists of today's story, uh, take their take their talents uh, to the auspices of the Royal Kingdom of Saudi Arabia. And um, again, the golf will never be the same. I don't know what's going to become of it three, five, ten years down the road, but again, this is kind of a really watershed groundbreaking moment in golf. The, oh. the formation of live, creation of live mm-hmm. and, and what it's what it's done to the game, what it's what it's forced the PGA tour to do in reaction. What it, what live proved is that golf is first and foremost a team sport. <laughs> and I am going to root for the mashers till the day I die. It it took me so long <laughs> to figure out that live was fifty four in Roman numerals <laughs> and they play fifty four holes. Just a damning right. indictment of the public oh, education right. system in Connecticut. Also, yeah, because we, because it, we really should spend a lot of time on Roman numerals. How else oh. would you? How else in The Simpsons? How else would you know the line is behind door seven without adding Rocky two plus Rocky five? <laughs> His Excellency is clearly playing chess while the rest of us just right. fumble at Chinese checkers. Well, also, really- live what you're not allowed to do if you criticize the, uh, the His Excellency. 
<laughs> Ian Poulter had a quote I read today where he literally says, well, His Excellency has assured me that uh, live will 2024, 2025, we are staying together. We're going forward. Like his ex- who refers to another person as like his excellency, like uh, John Adams. Jesus Christ, <laughs> John, well, John Adams wanted that. Well. It just feels so effeminate, yeah. like an ass kissing. Just, just Ian Poulter. He's got a just like place boot, to just bootlicking, getting on your knees and calling somebody your excellency. Sick. Ian fucking Poulter. We fought a war. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> People died in people froze in Valley Forge, so we didn't have to say Your Excellency. So the last year before 2022 that I could kind of like sort through in my head was a real again kind of watershed year for professional golf globally and and and, and changes and the evolution of the professional game was. I look back to 2006. Also, my year I graduated high school. How coincidental! Um, that was the last year of a television deal that included the likes of ABC, ESPN. In USA, they have pieces of majors now, but they do not have a PGA Tour deal. I guess ESPN Plus is the home to PGA Tour Live, kind of the supplemental um, coverage, but it's paywalled. Um, you have it's the last year pre, so 2007 is the first PGA Tour season with the FedEx Cup, the giant money grab that was basically put into place because the fall, se- like normally 2006 and before, the Tour Championship would be like the second or third week of November. So you've got all of these PGA Tour events from like Labor Day to mid-November on the weekends going against college football, going against NFL football. And at some point, the PGA Tour is like, we're just getting buried here. Our tour championship where our top 30 money winners are playing for this huge prize in the middle of November. Nobody's watching. You've got players, top players, Tiger at the end, just blowing it off. It's like, no, let's end the season, Labor Day weekend. Let's get FedEx, get FedEx in here, get hundreds of millions of dollars in incentives for the players in this big long-term commitment. Um, it, it changed how the PGA Tour season was shaped to that point. And at the time, it was it was pretty... It was a revolutionary. It, it was a first. The PGA Tour season would effectively end at the end of summer versus the middle of November. One date in particular in that 2006 season that I'm going to hone in on here today. June 18th, 2006, Father's Day. The final round of the United States Open, Mamronek, New York, Long Island, Winged Foot Country Club, Golf and Country Club, Country Club, Golf Club, whatever. Really private, really hoity-toity. Really fucking difficult. This is one of the sternest tests of golf in this country, Winged Foot. Very famously, 1974 U.S. Open, the massacre at Winged Foot. It's really a reaction in part to 1973, where Johnny Miller shoots a 63 in the final round at Oakmont in suburban Pittsburgh to win that year's U.S. Open. USGA says, so, 63, and uh, never again. The winning score in 74 at winged foot, it's plus seven. Hale Irwin, (laughs) war of attrition. Um, Just brutal, just a brutal track. There there is a number between 63 and 79. There's a number there. Right, right. And and again, the USGA saw 63 for Miller, and Miller wouldn't shut up about it for the next 30, 40 40 years of his broadcast career, but (laughs) it's a hell of a round of golf. The USGA said no more. And winged foot became kind of like the standard bearer of like difficult US Open tests. 2006 was no different. A little bit of the run into this event, right? Tiger Woods is at the peak of his powers, really, uh, in the early part of 2006. From late 99 to that point, a couple of hiccups. He's hurt in 03. 04, he's doing the swing change thing. He's going from Butch Harmon to uh, Hank, Hank Haney. Yes, they just stopped taking Ambien. He's got to stay. <laughs> 
This is before that, I think. <laughs> so he's still he's got to stop with the Marine training. Yeah. Right. All right, yeah. so this is still peak ambient. Right. This is he. He in two thousand five with the hookers. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. De- Denny waitresses. Yeah. yeah sure. Denny's waitresses. He, this is a man who had a type. This is a guy. No this question. is a guy who was going to the Jerry Springer show, just cruising for chicks. Weren't actually Morton Downey Jr. <laughs> Jerry Springer's are a little hoity-toity for him. Um. So yeah, yeah. So yeah, Tiger has the huge two thousand where he wins the Tiger Slam into oh one. 05, master champion, open champion, just setting records, back, you know, killing the game. 2006, does not win the Masters. And between the Masters and the U.S. Open, his father, and his, his he says this all the time, his biggest professional and personal influence, this is, I mean, Earl Woods was such a looming figure in the life of Tiger Woods. I mean, it, it's kind of... Impossible to think of like a more high profile sort of like athlete father son where the father's not and is not an athlete doesn't you know was not a professional golfer was not but how Tiger would speak of him in reverence it's one of the most famous shots in like televised golf when Tiger wins the Masters in ninety seven the, the hug special very yeah. special you've seen those um, moments between Lavar and Lamelo Ball <laughs> actually I was sick <laughs> I was thinking. <laughs> Lonzo? <laughs> Lonzo. Yeah. Leangelo? Lonzo. Yeah. Yeah. Lonzo and Navarre. No, actually, I was thinking about uh, the Williams sisters and their dad. Oh, that's that's the... that's Yeah, it's like 1A, 1B. It's like the female equivalent, really, is what and Earl I, Woods... Yeah. And actually, Tiger didn't seem to go completely off the rails until after his dad died. Yes. Spoiler alert, no. But yeah, we get into the U.S. Open, and it does not start well for Tiger. Um, it's a plus six to start the round, which honestly, on that course... Not horrendous, didn't shoot himself out of the tournament, but he follows it up with another sub, uh, not subpar, above above par round on Friday to miss the cut. This 2006 U.S. Open was the first cut, major cut, that Tiger Woods had missed as a professional, dating back to late 1996, 1997. Kind of an insane run that, again, this was the first weekend of major golf that you weren't going to see Tiger Woods since, again, didn't he have like six. 80-something in a row that he made the cut. I think it's like a triple-digit number. Yeah, it might have been. Some like point. like yeah. in terms of just like a regular well, events yeah. and majors combined. Yeah. Um, look, the storyline is also to get to live here. Nemesis, foil. Phil Mickelson is kind of about at his apex mountain here. Phil slays Goliath two years earlier. He gets his first major at the 2004 Masters Tournament. Follows that up at the end of 2005 with Glory's last shot, the last major of that year, the PGA. Wins the PGA in 05 at Baltus Rawl in Jersey. The 06 Masters was not won by Tiger Woods. It was won by Phil Mickelson. Phil Mickelson coming into this U.S. Open is basically about as close, in my mind, as any golfer really got to Tiger. And when Tiger was hurt doing the swing changes in 03 and 04, Vijay Singh, great player, great player, um, got to world number one. On the back of just more activity than Woods, he played every week. He won a, I believe he won 19 events between those two seasons, which is insane. But a lot of those events were the caliber of like the 84 Lumber Classic <laughs> and the Compact Classic of New Orleans and some of like these lesser tournaments that don't have the profile where like Woods was winning at like Bay Hill and Doral and the Memorial Jacks tournament. Like VJ was great, but VJ didn't get as close to Tiger as I think Phil was coming to this Open. Phil, to this point in his career, had three runners-up at the U.S. Open. It was, at this point, he if he wins that tournament, he's three-quarters of the way to what the media was calling the Phil Slam. Like, we call the Tiger Slam winning the back three in 2000 and the first of 2001 as the Tiger Slam. Well, here was Phil, 
three quarters of his way, potentially three quarters of the way to the Phil Slam. And that that Tiger Slam will never be done again. Nobody, no, nobody's going to win four successive majors in a row. That will never happen. Technology's too good. Too many players, globalization, etc. But yeah, Tiger, that will that one of the million records that of his that will never be broken. And Phil Mickelson finds himself going to that Sunday with a share of the lead at plus two with unheralded Europe, uh, British player Kenneth Ferry had won on the European Tour the year before his first U.S. Open. Big moment for him. One shot back at plus three, Australia's Jeff Ogilvie. Jeff Ogilvie had won the match play championship earlier that season. A form player. Tied for fourth, three shots back at plus five. Colin Montgomery, at the time considered the best player in the world without a major. The aforementioned dickhead Ian Poulter, uh, in a, what I believe, this is before he had ever done shit. Um, I'm not sure what he's doing here. VJ Singh, again, top guy. Steve Stricker, kind of finding that. getting he was Stricker was a guy who like came on the scene in the late 90s, had some big results. First part of the 2000s had fell off. This was the beginning of like his career renaissance. He ended up playing Roger Cups, didn't he? Oh, he played after this. It was basically 08 and 10, 12, 14. He was on all those teams. Uh, That's where I know him from. Considered kind of the Tiger Whisperer. Very the closest tour confidant of Tiger Woods. Either him or this guy, Jim Furyk, who was tied eighth. Four shots back at plus six. Tied eighth with Patrick Harrington, who is about 22 months removed, 26 months removed from being a three-time major champion. And Canada's Mike Weir, the 2003 Masters champion. All-time greatest uh, Canadian golfer. You got it, brother. the Canadian Hall of Fame, there is a Canadian Golf Hall of Fame. Remember, we we, yeah. we, we wanted to stop at it. I'm sure it's at just somebody's house. <laughs> it's in Mike Weir's house. Mike Weir's house. <laughs> His wife enters. She's lovely, very polite. Gives you gives you some you know some some cider and a donut, a maple syrup donut. Yeah, give shops in the garage. <laughs> oh, come on in. It's lovely to see you. Maple syrups, fantastic. <laughs> Tim Hortons. Good shit. Um, plus two was the lead coming to say. What do you guys think the final winning score of this was? Oh, it was plus two was that leading? Plus, so going into, going into the final round, plus two. You had two guys plus two. Mickelson and this this British guy, Ferry. What do you think the winning final score was? Plus five. That is correct. That's Yeah, that was going to be my guess. That is correct. A brutal day, uh, conditions-wise. What the U.S. Open does is it's, it's very simple. The fastest greens you're going to play all year, the tightest fairways you're going to play all year, and the thickest, deepest, most penal rough you're going to play all year. And this winged foot test, it was all three of those. Check, check, check. Um, the big storyline coming into that day, overnight, and the whole the whole media cycle was like, this is Phil Mickelson's chance, like I said, to like, is Phil Mickelson the best player in the world? If you're, and again, it's, it's, it's Tiger's world, but if you're a guy that's holding three legs of the Grand Slam simultaneously all at once, how are you not kind of considered like the apex predator of the game? If Mickelson, I mean, I don't know if he wins yet. We haven't gotten to that part of the story. But I mean, if you're entering that day about to watch this golf tournament, if Mickelson wins that tournament and holds three legs of the Grand Slam, Woods is home, missed the cut. I don't know. Where are you at? This would be his fourth I, I, major I, in... I, I mean, I, rem- I remember this time period. I was like like almost everybody. I was a Tiger person. Um but I, I thought Mickelson was making a claim to be the best golfer in the world. By the way, do you like how hard they make the, the opens at some point? There's a fine line, and I think it, it, it sometimes crosses the line. It crossed the line in 06. I 
I don't know. I love it. Watching. I mean, I yeah. Because it's like, but if how, have oft, to- how often like do we struggle? And it's just like these guys never hit shots like us. And then you get to watch a whole tournament of that. Of that, it's like yeah, all right. But the problem is, if you hit the perfect shot, it shouldn't roll forty feet past a hole because you're 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 on linoleum. The guy who wins this tournament comes from behind. Comes from, you know, he was a name I mentioned. Yeah. But he comes from behind, and he shoots two over par. And that's the guy who wins the tournament. Has his facing deficit, shoots two over par 72, and he's the guy that wins. I, I'm i telling you, these, these are on YouTube. This is on YouTube, this final round. This course is so tough. And these guys are not hitting it as long as they are now. The technology's not as good as it is now. If you want to send those guys out in 2023 on this, on this setup, that's one thing. But the technology in 06 is not what it is today, and this is... These guys aren't seeing this kind of these kind of conditions. Um, so that's the, that's the story of coming into the round. It's like, can Mickelson do this? Can he do it? Will he do it? And will he usurp Woods as like the the, the top dog? And also during the play, you you watch it unfold on NBC that day, and it's like this is a really stiff, stern test of golf. Jeff Ogilvy is the aforementioned player that shoots seventy two, and he posts plus five, gets in the clubhouse before. Uh, Three groups, I believe. And he's sitting there, and you got to think, like, well, he's posted a score, but I've got guys behind me. I've got top guys, guys I mentioned. Phil Mickelson's right there in the thick of it. Hasn't thrown up on himself like he has in many U.S. Opens before. Jim Furyk, the 03 U.S. Open champions right there. Monty, Colin Montgomery, Mrs. Doubtfire himself. Mm -hmm. He's in the mix. Best player without a major. Let's get one done. Ogilvy's there. He's in the clubhouse at plus five. He's sitting there with the lead. Jim Furyk. Colin Montgomery, Phil Mickelson. All they have to do to win this tournament separately is make par on 18. They all fail to do so. Furick, in not so much inglorious fashion. He's he's it's kind of whatever. He he put himself in bad position. He's and again, he if he makes bogey, there's a playoff. But he makes double bogey. All he needs is a bogey to get in a playoff with Ogilvy, which would be 18 holes the next day, which thankfully they've gotten rid of. Could you imagine like watching this all day on a Sunday and then having to like, oh, they tied. So oh, yeah. sudden death, right? No, we're going to go play 18 on right. Monday when you're like back to work and right. it's on. Like, fuck that. I would never remember. I, th- there were some of those. Tiger Woods in 2008? Yeah, right. <laughs> but was, like, that, yeah. was that against May? Rocco Mediate. Oh, Rocco Mediate, right. Rocco Mediate. Um, right. And you'd, you'd, you'd watch it and be oh, and then. You just would, you'd forget the next day because you were at work. And it's exactly. like, and, you know, exactly. oh, that must have been fun. Also, only two people playing golf. There's a lot of dead time. Dead time. It's it's, it's tough to, it's, it's why they don't do match play in uh, the PGA. The 2001 U.S. Open went to a Monday playoff and it was Retief Goosen and Mark Brooks. I cannot imagine more than like 40 people watching that. <laughs> I, I really can't. And I like both those guys, but though that's boring as shit. So Furyk's out of it, whatever. The drama kind of starts here with Monty Montgomery. Montgomery gets to 18, and he fuck it, he splits the fairway, and he's got a short iron in. And all again, this is like par to to get in the clubhouse at plus four. Middle of the fairway, Monty pulls he pulls seven iron, and he says after the afterwards he says, you know, I really thought normally I would go six iron, but I thought in this moment seven iron with my adrenaline, and again even portly non-athletic men they still feel adrenaline in an athletic setting like you know no seven he's a club short with seven and he leaves it in the front bunker in a bad lie proceeds to 
uh, blow his bunker shot past the pin, past the green, chips back on, two putts. That's a six. That's a double bogey. That's one shot worse than Jeff Ogilvy. That must have been infuriating. He's dead center. I remember watching. I do remember this. He's dead center of the fairway, and he just he's a club short, and he's just buried in these like ridiculous, not British style pop bunkers, but really kind of like like up against the face of the green, right. just a really it, penal area. Was it the U.S. Open this year, twenty twenty three? That had like those bunkers with a fescue. That was like growing over it. Sure, L.A. Country Club. You watch Xander Schauffele, like yeah. Oh, there's all kinds. Yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, U.S. Open bunkers are absurd. Did, did Montgomery ever win a major? He did not. And this was his last real, uh, real crack at it. Uh, was here, but he's in the clubhouse at plus six. A shot he behind was, He was a quite. He was a really good player. Never made. He never played a season on the PGA Tour. He came over for the majors. He played the players. He played maybe like the week or two before yep. or after because he's in the states. Did never. Uh, took on full-time PGA Tour membership. I would say the greatest player of all time that never did that in any season. Like he never, he was never a full PGA Tour member. Um, anyway, a lot of guys. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean you know, they obviously, you're, you're not talking about like Bobby Jones or somebody that was in the modern amateur, sort of like right, 1950, yeah. 1960. You know, right. Yeah. Um, post post Arnie World. Yeah. Yes. Perfect. And here we go. The final group. It's Mickelson and it's Kenneth Ferry. And Kenneth Ferry shot himself out of the tournament. He's a non-factor. He's a good story all week, but no, this is Mickelson's moment here in 18. You need to make a par. And this is not a particularly... I mean, this this hole has some teeth distance-wise, but it's not... You don't need driver off this tee. And again, it's very tight. And it's not only... This, this, this hole not only is tight with tight rough, but it's also tree-lined left and right. You don't need driver. Mickelson, as he was wanting to do, he pulls driver out of the bag. Johnny Miller in the moment. Johnny Miller's like, you I know, Dan, I don't, I'm not sure what he's doing. Like, you don't have to ride in on a on a horse here. You just got to just put it up there and get in. You know, at worst, bogey, you're in a playoff. Par, you're U.S. Open champion. What does he do with that driver? Four left. Hospitality time. It's right in a hospital. He is so, fuck, he is so far left. He is like, he's right up against a hospitality tent. This is this is further left than left, and the everybody announcing it. Miller, Roger Maltby's following the group on the course. They're like incredulous. Like, what is he doing hitting driver here? Just get it in the fairway. And Mickelson, as good as he had played that week, had been wild off the tee. He had kind of just ham and egged it, and was probably lucky to be where he was. But here's his moment to kind of like, all right, put the driver away, fairway. No, second shot, trees, thick, rough. Get it in the fairway. Get it in the fairway. At this point, where he, puts it off, where he puts it off the tee, it's like, obviously, bogey's in play. Do not make worse than bogey. Put it in the fairway. Get in a Monday playoff, right? Right. You're the better player. Pulls out what was a four-wood. <laughs> four-wood. Not a three-wood, not a five-wood. A four-wood. Metal. Out of, this ha- out of this rough, all the trees. Advances the ball 25 yards. 25 yards. The second shot. Usually, if you hit a four-wood... Farther than that. Yeah. What you, also, you also don't need a forward out of in, in this situation. You're punching some sort of short iron into the fairway, trying to get on the green, maybe to up, get up and down for a par to win. What's his caddy? What's his caddy doing all this? His caddy, Bones Mackay, who they have a, they they separated famously a couple of years ago. Bones to many is considered the, like the greatest caddy of all time, and I guarantee you that Bones is is telling him three wood, five wood off the tee, and Phil's just like. 
fuck off. This is my moment. This is my fuck gladiator in the arena type bullshit that these that somebody like Mickelson just wanted. Wanted more than like It's Kevin Coster and Tin Cup. It is. Kevin Co- yeah, yeah. He's a lot more likable than I think this version of it. This is this is portly Phil. I was watching this this week on YouTube. Yeah. This is like this is fat Phil, chubby Phil. Not to fat shame at all, but like this is uh, <laughs> Mickle tits. Anyway, well, as he was it's, referred to. Um, it's it's one of the advantages that Tiger had back then. He was just so much fitness level b- b- better an athlete. For, for sure. fitness level. He used to travel with weight. Like nobody, they do that now. Nobody did that. So he was driving the ball so much farther. He had so it, much more control. He was hitting. It was the irons too. He was hitting his yeah. irons. His stock yardages were twenty twenty four yards further than like oh, yeah, the, the next the, longest guy. It was, it was I, I was watching a clip yesterday where he had a five iron two forty. It's like, oh, it must be nice. He gets it past the trees. These 25 yards, it's valuable in that sense, but he's still in the rough. Not a great, you know, punch it in the fairway. You should, you know, what are you doing here? He's, he's laying two. Third shot. Got to get this on the green. Got to get on the green. He's in the same bunker as Montgomery. And he's not just in that same bunker as Montgomery. He's got what you, what you call a fried egg. Fuck. It's buried. Buried. Um... Here you go. I mean, he's got to get it in out of this impossible lie. And again, it's it, this is all unfolding like so fast. And again, you can't, I can't overstate just how incredulous. Like Johnny Miller was famous for always talking about guys choking under open pressure. Guys choking under. Uh, they used to cover the players in NBC Players Championship pressure. He loved to invoke choking and pressure. And I don't, I don't know, Dan, if he's got the, if he's got the nerves, if he's got the will. And he stopped just short of that. It wasn't so much a choke as that it was a just horrendous strategy. It was like a mental sort of like spasm of just doubling down on mistake after mistake after mistake. But, but that was Mickelson's his whole, whole stick for his, years. It was his ethos. Yeah. yeah. I mean, for years. Long story short, gets it out of the bunker, puts it way past the pin, just off the green. Long putt off the green, misses, double bogey, finishes one shot behind. Jeff Ogilvie. Jeff Ogilvie is your 2006 U.S. Open champion. Ogilvie's a sharp dude. Australian has like lots of really thoughtful things to say on like Twitter about just like course setup and golf courses. Um, he's pushing 50. I think he'll be on the senior tour soon. Never really did much after this. I think he won a couple of times on tour, but this was definitely his apex. He was again when I said Jeff Ogilvie, you guys both looked at me like who? Like Ogilvie's a. I remember Aussie. Yeah. Aussie, Aussie. Oh, good. I'm glad. That's yeah. I. You know, it, I, I always know. put him I in. The, I always yeah. put him in like the Mark Mark O'Meara tier of like guys that I'm like, yeah, I remember them. They were Jim fine. Fur- they had a couple. Jim Furyk. Yeah, Jim, I might have seen him at the Hartford Open. You know. Oh, for sure. I'm, he, I'm you know sure what I mean. Like, I think he used to yeah. go there. He was the guy that played like every week. Um, was always out there. Here's Phil Mickelson, and this is kind of the crescendo of like the story. He enters the week as. This is it. This is the, and this is the tournament that he personally has expressed that that, me, that it means the most to him, and to come in and to get into that final round in the last group, to have to control your destiny as as the last guy out there, just got to make par. Just got to make par. Mickelson's career, I don't think, was ever the same after that. His apex mountain was coming off of that 2006 Masters Championship. Now, if he wins that 2006 U.S. Open. Look, he wins. He wins the op- He wins the British in 2013. Seven years later, he wins that insane PGA Championship in 2021 at Kiowa at 50 years old. Like he's, he still wins. He still has this like Hall of Fame all time career after this. But he kind of touched. He sniffed 
he was he had never and never after this got as close to Tiger Woods. What does Tiger Woods do the next two major championships? That year's Open Championship, that year's PGA Championship. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Woods does not play between the U.S. Open and the British Open. He captures that 06 British Open. He captures that 06 PGA. 07 PGA. Uh, the 08 U.S. Open. I mean, and it's and this is basically, again, the run doesn't skip a beat. Phil had his chance to kind of touch the throne, didn't take it, and Woods just said, "This is you are below me." I mean, um, he was uh, he was Icarus. He was flying too close it's to a, the it, sun. To Ic- me, Icarus. To me, I think it's a real crescendo. It's a real tipping Nicely point. <laughs> Icarus. Yeah. I like that a lot. Um, but I, uh, no, I, I. One of the things that makes Tiger's career unusual is that he never really had a competitor like vying with him over over a couple of years. Guys would kind of step forward. And the press wanted it so bad. They, called, they literally called the era. They still do. The big four of Tiger, Phil, VJ, and Ernie Els. And then Retief Goosen wins a couple of US Opens. They go, well, big five. It's like, no, there was no. a big one. There's a big four. <laughs> there's a big one, and there's a big four maybe below that. Right. There's a big one. There's a big, there's a big one, and then a really, really good four. Sure. It's, it's, Nic- it's uh, Nicholas with like Billy Casper and, and, and Tom Weisskopf, Johnny Tom, Miller, Lee Trudeau. Yeah. yeah. Uh, although Watson. Watson caught him. Watson caught him. At the end of his career, Watson caught him. And that's, it's a similar, yeah, the 82 U.S. Open at Pebble Beach. Yep. Um, and, then, and then the British Open with the road hole. Um, Duel in the Sun at Trump. No, it, was, it wasn't Trump Turnberry then. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Anyway, Phil, um, and, now, and, and now here we are, like 17 years later. Tiger Woods, the, the, the real, and he's not playing, but he's still like the face of the PGA Tour really with Rory McIlroy and with Justin Thomas, kind of the like the, the live resistance, the live party, really. I mean, the just this week, Phil Mickelson just cannot shut the fuck up about how all of these, all of these entities that are interested in buying uh, these live teams, all of these players that want to come play for live. And it's like, here you are at the end of your second season, going into your tourist championship with no juice, no media, no nothing. Let's just, and it's Phil just trying to get into the media, just get into the news cycle with a bunch of gibberish that's just that's just not not factual, not true. These are not nobody cares. Here's what I, <laughs> here's what I know: the Sun Belt Conference has in college football has a TV deal, and Live does not. Think about. That. I mean, if you if you if you cannot be as big as the Sun Belt Conference. I don't know really what to tell you. Doesn't the A10 have a basketball con- contract? Yeah, ESPN. ESPN yeah. Plus. ESPN Wait, Plus. They're not and CBS, want, CBS Sports Network. CBS Sports, yeah, they're not as big. Sure. They're not as big as the A10 in basketball. I mean, it's Which like streams on YouTube in semi bad quality. <laughs> I think it's only like the weekday, like the first like Thursday, Friday are on YouTube, and then they go to CW on Saturday. Yeah, um, which my, with, less, with less viewers than a twenty-two year old playing video games. Yeah, it's it's yeah it, CW it, where, where they have to yeah. It Tonight's is, episode of Dukes of Hazard has been uh, will be canceled. It is really true that like Phil, you look at his career like he yeah he has he had a peak, and he never really had a valley. You know, like he no. went down and then he just had just like smaller peaks after that. Sure. 
But like I'd say, like where he is now has got to be in a pretty dark place. Like, he's embarrassed himself. He's disgraced yeah, himself. Yeah, he, he like he disgraced um, his name. I think he disgraced the game. Like because sure. he is one of the all. If you look at the totality of his career, because he was so good for so long, he is like an all time great. Yeah, he, unquestionably with I, what he's accomplished. But it's I I I just it's weird that both of them ended up at live. But the person he always reminded me the most of was Greg Norman. Great, great golfer, but threw away, like, he's almost more known for the tournaments he threw away. Now, Norman did it spectacularly in a way that's, I mean, uh, you know, okay. Phil, Phil double bogeyed the last hole of the U.S. Open in 2006. Norman lost a seven-stroke lead and, won by, and lost by seven strokes. Norman gave up 14 strokes. Shot 70, uh, 78 to Faldo 64, 96, <laughs> 96 Masters, for sure. Unless yeah. anybody else says, my final thought is this. I believe that this 2006 U.S. Open final round, with Tiger Woods not even there, not even on the course at home, Mickelson in the arena, it's, I think, the most significant moment in the history of their rivalry. And I think for the, the for what it did negatively to Mickelson, who was there and who finishes tied for second, and who, and Woods is not there. But I think, again, sometimes when number two gets as close to number one as they can, and they can't get over that mountain, they can't get to that peak. I almost think Tiger was watching on that Sunday and saw it and was like, "You are not me." No. And he came out and he proved it the rest of that season. Yeah, I think I think with golf, especially because it's a solo sport, like you always talk about, like who's the guy? You know, in the PGA last year it was. Uh, Scheffler, then it was Rory at the end. You know, Tiger was always... Oh, Hovland. Hovland, Hovland yeah. yeah. Well, this year, yeah. Sorry, I was thinking two years ago. Um, But during that time, like, Phil had his chance to be... This was it. ...the guy, and just, you know, as the kids say, he ain't him. The, the um, I mean, famously, Tiger, if memory serves, is, that was never tied for the lead on the last day and lost a, ma- a major. I'm not sure he ever lost a tournament, but, like... Yeah. He never lost a major, I know, though, when he was, and Phil did. You know, and then, like, like, there's no way Tiger's making that mistake. Tiger would have managed the golf course. He would have hit a three-wood. He would have chipped on. He would have two-putted. He would have said, thank you. That, I mean, it just, that's, he might have hit the putt. Like, maybe he would have hit the putt for the, because it was Tiger. He would have hit the putt for the birdie, and it would have won by two, but. You know, it's ultimately the difference between Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson. Yeah, managing the golf course. Mickelson met the media after that round. The first words out of his mouth were, I am such an idiot. I can't believe I just did that. And with that, we'll see you next time here on the <laughs> Bill Bradley Collective.